I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 Strip-Till Farmer Podcast Series, supported by AgriSolutions. In today's program, we get some expert insight into how strip-tillers can protect their soil health by limiting equipment traffic and promoting biological activity underneath the surface. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you will be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to AgriSolutions. AgriSolutions is the market leader in wearable parts, components, accessories, and solutions for tillage, seeding, planting, fertilizing, hardware, and inventory management solutions. Improve performance and durability with a wide range of in-field solutions to advance your strip-till system. To learn more about AgriSolutions and their three main brands, Belota, Ingersoll, and Trinity Logistics, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. Well, strip-tillers strive for healthy soil, but it takes more than a casual approach to keep the biological activity beneath the soil surface thriving and evolving. Fortunately, there are interconnected steps strip-tillers can take to ensure the long-term health of their soil, from cover cropping, controlled traffic, and proper drainage. These are among the tenants Frank Gibbs, former USDA soil scientist and founder of Wetland and Soil Consulting Services in Rawson, Ohio, has been an advocate for during more than 40 years as an agronomist and soil health expert. As Frank says, improving your soils takes a comprehensive approach. It's not one single thing which will get the job done. It's a combination of improvements functioning together. In today's Strip Till Farmer podcast, supported by AgriSolutions, Frank discusses how to create and maintain a collaborative biological environment within your soils to improve plant health. Okay, what I want to talk to you today about, I want to connect the dots, how to protect yourself when things go wrong, soil compaction in the wettest year on record, principles of soil health, how to improve your drainage power and make your soil smoke. And you would do this through a system of conservation, doing strip till, no till, zone till, controlled traffic, cover crops, and that all important drainage. The Apollo missions were really special in our family. Think about it. We put people on the moon and they didn't even have a computer this good. It, it's just amazing what they did, and they launched Apollo 8. I love this picture. This is what, this, look at, it looks so serene, doesn't it? This is what, where we live. They launched it on my birthday, the day I turned 14. And then Neil Armstrong from Wapakoneta, Ohio, landed on the moon on July 20th, my dad's birthday. So it was really special in our family. Dad said it was his birthday present. But you know what, folks? Neil was a a kid from a little farm community just down the road from me. He grew up in this little house in this rural community, Wapakoneta. He wasn't from, you know, New York City or LA or even Chicago. He's in this little farm community. Grew up with farmers. And things went wrong, folks. Things went wrong. He landed with only 15 seconds of fuel left, or they would have been stranded on the moon. They overshot the landing site. They were headed for the rocks. He had to take it over and run it himself and land it. 
and they had a freaking three-foot rod sticking out of the bottom of that thing, and when it touched the ground, it just crashed. It just shut off the engines and crashed. Water in the soil. We'd like to have it at field capacity. We don't want it saturated. Roots need air to breathe, and then the roots will suck off this moisture until the tension is too high and they wilt. But there's still a little water left in there. Soils naturally that have the highest field capacity are in here with high silt contents. Clay will hold more, but it holds it tighter, so the available water in between is not as much available as with the silts. And of course, sands, they lose the water and more droughty. Structure. Structure in your soil is very, very important. We'd like nice granular structure in the surface. We'd like nice little blocks in the subsoil. We don't want plates from compaction. Prismatic structure is often deeper in the soil and genetic. And some soils have no structure. They're single grain like sands or they're massive like glacial till. Drainage, we have to have that drainage. Other not, otherwise, we're not going to have a good root system to utilize those nutrients that we're putting out there. We need to have our roots moving down through the soil. Again, structure and permeability is the most important thing that you can manage in your soil. You want that granular structure and the uh, blocky structure to move the water down, not block it or move it sideways. Soil compaction is a huge problem this year. Everybody saw it this year. It is awful and it's gonna live to haunt us in the dry years for at least five years more. Going through and like the old German said, plowing that black jack wax and seeing it shine where you sealed it off, there's no pore space there. It's ruining the structure of the soil so it can't move the water. This is deep compaction from like a honey wagon or a single axle grain cart. This is probably some of the worst compaction I ever saw. This is from a pipeline going through with their trucks. And even a sandy soil can compact again. This is a beach ridge where a guy had manure, he'd haul manure out on the sand because, well, you can't pack that on. And you can, you'll get these plates underneath here that limit your root growth. This is the Carter family in Wood County, Ohio. This is Hoytville clay, clay like, 55% clay. Look at the beautiful structure they got in there where they had alfalfa in this field. This is right across the fence, the same soil, Hoytville clay. This is a rented farm. The lady can't afford drainage. It's, she wants it in beans every year. She doesn't want any of that conservation stuff. And you can see here what it looks like. Folks, folks, management. Management, management. Look at the difference, same soil right across the fence. Surface compaction can be a problem too. And I've done numerous over the years, you can see here, there I am, evaluation of subsoilers, folks. Randy Reeder has done research on this. The first time you drive over it, those clay particles, those lattices can go right back to where they were before.
They just go right back. You need roots in there to be able to prop that stuff open. So how to protect yourself in a year when things go wrong. Soil compaction in the wettest year on record. The principles of soil health. How to improve your drainage power and make your soil smoke. And you're gonna do that through a conservation system, a strip till like you're talking about the next two days. No till, zone till but try and keep areas as much as you can undisturbed. Do it with controlled traffic, drive on the same place. Folks, Ohio State has shown Randy Reeder that 60 to 70% of that compaction happens the first time you drive over the ground. I'll say that again, 60 to 70% of that compaction happens the first time you drive over it. So don't be driving everywhere. Drive in the same place and leave everything nice in between. Utilize cover crops. Try to get in multi-species eventually if you can. And make sure you've got that all important drainage. You need a drainage system in there. We pattern drain where we're at. Every generation, I put tile in, dad put tile in, grandpa put tile in, great, great grandpa put tile in. Our area that I live in was called the Great Black Swamp. It was the last place that was settled in Ohio. And we're ditched out, pattern trained everywhere. We'll get back to the discussion shortly, but I wanted to once again thank our sponsor, AgriSolutions, for making this podcast possible. Improve performance and durability with a wide range of infield solutions to advance your strip-till system. To learn more about AgriSolutions and their three main brands, Belota, Ingersoll, and Trinity Logistics, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. Well, we were fortunate to have Frank present an infield workshop at our National Strip Tillage Conference where he took 40 attendees into the field for a post-event demonstration of earthworm activity in a cornfield that has been no-tilled for the last 50 years on host Aaron Enley's farm in Edelston, Illinois. Prior to conducting his smoking tile test to illustrate the number of active wormholes in the soil, Frank highlighted the quantity of middens or piles of biological material left behind by earthworms on the soil surface at the demonstration site. As Frank explained, the nightcrawlers pull residue up around their hole to make their own little compost heap, then spit out a slime from their stomach that's loaded with bacteria. And then they break that corn stalk into fine root hairs, which they can eat. The material is then taken underground into the wormholes and coats the sides. Frank noted when digging the root pit on Aaron's farm to find a section of buried tile, there was a proliferation of corn roots surrounding the tile several feet down into the pit, dotted by numerous wormholes among the roots. On the surface, Frank marked off a three square foot section on the edge of the cornfield and counted 45 mittens. Based on that total and the small area, he figured there are five wormholes per square foot. And further calculations based on 43,560 square feet in an acre, Frank determined Aaron had 217,800 holes per acre. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Frank Gibbs on why planting into conditions that are too wet can be detrimental to soil health. The damage from wet planting. You know, it's, it's just gonna be relative to how bad it is. And what I urge you not to do, we had this conversation um, 
last night a hospitality room a lot of people came up to me and they had two situations either they they did some damage to their soil like that and if it's just tread marks it's not that bad i mean what you need to do you need to go out and evaluate it you need to dig into your soil with a spade and look at the structure of the soil if you remember uh, yesterday i showed the different structures if you've got you know a surface compaction where the granular surface is compacted just a couple inches it's just where you drove that's not that bad it's not worth ripping the field up even if you get into plate compaction like i showed with some of the heavy clays where you can run over that if it's only about two inches thick your night crawlers can punch through that your roots can go through that um, if it's more than two inches then you may need to and it's more widespread you may need to do something to change your system i mean if you don't if you're not into cover crops yet that's the first number one thing you need to figure out is to get into a cover crop situation because ripping it once is okay for over two inches but it's not going to stay that way if you don't have roots to prop it open so I'd evaluate the area. I would not rip, if you're in a long term, now if it was just like you just took this farm over and this is your first or second year, it's not gonna make that much difference. But if you're like five years down the road in this, or I'm having people in that hospitality room tell me that they got 20 years into this and now they're gonna rip the whole field up because they got some water hemp out there. I'm like, Boy, oh boy, I would rethink that. I would rethink that. I wouldn't be throwing away 20 years of work and it's going back to zero. But you do want to address that concern. You can just, you can just uh, till certain areas. You know, like in my area, sometimes people have semis loading in and out and the end rows will get compacted and they'll rip those and then use their cover crop to open it up. I remember when I was young, I was concerned about that on my farm. And I did uh, have a guy from my church come over and he ripped my end rows up where the semis had been. And he comes to me and he's like, I don't know why you're even doing this. This ground is still so much better than our tomato ground that, you know, the light bulb went on now, why, why am I so worried? So dig into the soil, look for those structures, measure it, measure the depth, never ever run any tool that you put in there deeper than the compaction. Only do it when it's dry. Don't ever do it when it's moist and, and, and you're gonna have to dig down there to look at it. Most soils in the Midwest will have a argillic layer and that's a fancy soil term for a clay subsoil you have your a your top soil and it may be any multiple textures and then you have your b your subsoil now in general in the midwest we're looking at um, 
Wisconsin glaciation, that's about 15,000 years that the water had to move through the soil to develop it. And then you'll have your sea, which is your parent material. That's what the soil developed from. So over that 15,000 years, these little tiny clay particles get washed out of the topsoil and they lodge in the bee. So you will have an increase in clay content in that, in that bee, in that bee horizon. So this area is gonna hold moisture more than this. Remember I talked about particle size? Clay holds the most water, but it holds them most tightly in those silicate lattices. It doesn't allow it to leave. It can hold it more tightly that the plants can't even pull it off. So if you're evaluating, if you've got a, a more than two inch plate layer in here, and you wanna rip that out, you may measure down to where that is and then where it goes to the nice blocky structure that you want. You do not run any tool down in that layer, that good layer to mess that up. And you make sure it may be dry up here, but it's not gonna be dry down in here. So that's, that's another thing you know about this whole subsoiling thing. Buying a subsoiler. When the hell are you gonna, in my neighborhood, when the hell are we gonna use it when it's dry? Like one out of three years in August after wheat and who's got wheat out? I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like almost like a joke about people that buy them, just like I showed that picture of the water washing over the field um, on the on the fella that uh, they're washing over the road, the guy that subsoils every year. So we've connected the dots here. If we connect the dots, we want to make sure that dipper is pointing up and not pointing down and dumping on us like it did this year. We have our own association of Ohio professional soil scientists and soil classifiers that can help you with your decisions. And yes, you can make it work. If they could land on the moon 50 years ago with what they had, we will survive this weather change. We will survive through this. And it's people like you that are going to make it happen. It's not the people that are stuck in the past and aren't thinking ahead. You guys can save this planet and keep growing food for all the people of the world. Thank you. Well, thank you, Frank, for digging into some of your soil health cautionary tales and advice to improve soil function and crop performance. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, AgriSolutions, for helping make this Strip-Till Farmer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free strip-till strategies daily e-newsletter and be sure to follow us on Twitter at striptill, F-A-R-M-R, and on our Strip-Till Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 podcast series. 
For Frank Gibbs, Agri Solutions, and our entire staff here at Strip Till Farmer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening. <laughs>